Hello, and welcome back to Avatar the Podcast. Today's episode is going to be bittersweet. We are saying goodbye to Avatar The Last Airbender, books one, two, and three, officially saying goodbye to the season and moving into the next chapter, which is going to be our comics. But I don't want to go. I don't either. I I was going through the prep for this and it's like, wait, no, (laughs) don't go. It's so great. Like we had made all those friends. We learned all those new facts. We heard all the voice actors like... We did everything. I know. Well, the good news is we have some fun facts for this episode. So if you're listening and you're like, "Eh, I don't know if I want to do a series recap episode, we do have some fun things in store for the end of the episode. But just like we did for our book recaps, we're going to go through our top five favorite episodes of the series, our favorite character, favorite side character, our official MVP calculation gathered from across all three books, MVP of the series and the moral of the series as decided by us. Mm -hmm. But first, before we dive into that, we are going to be covering the rest of our U.S. reviews. This is going to bring us up to date. And the plan is we're going to catch up on the other countries once we get into the comic series. That's right. So all those Canada, Germany, Australia, Great Britain, there's more that I have bookmarked, Mm -hmm. but I can't remember them right now. We will read those reviews during the comics. And I just can't wait. I can't wait to read them. I've peeked in here or there, but because we're in the US, it's a lot more difficult to do it. I can't just like pop open my phone and be like, oh, a new review like I do like every five minutes when I check them. I feel like (laughs) when you're in the same region. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. So it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be great. And we get to show uh, some love and appreciation to the rest of the world and all of our Avatar the Podcast fam that is across all of the ponds, not just one. All the ponds. I like it. All the ponds in every direction. Let's get started, though. Let's dive right in. The first review comes from Joe Average and Joe writes, I love this show with, oh, that's a lot of exclamation marks. I'm going to say 142. (laughs) Or a healthy handful. It's like maybe 10. Yeah. I can't (laughs) wait for you to cover the comics, particularly the search. I love listening to you guys. Keep up the great work with a big smiley face and a thumbs up. P.S. I'm a Spotify listener. But came over here to leave a review because I love this podcast. Oh, thank you, Joe, for doing that. Thanks. Do you notice that some people don't write the whole word Spotify and some people do? Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, it's like sometimes censored, which is interesting. It's yeah. like, can't say Spotify too loudly on Apple Podcast or, you know, they're going to come get me. Yeah, Tim Cook himself will come into your house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, I love that you're excited about the comics, Joe. I know in our last episode, we told everyone listening, if you want to get off at this stop, if you're done after Avatar The Last Airbender, not interested in comics, not interested in Korra, that's totally fine. But I am very happy to hear that we have some listeners who are excited about diving into the comics with us. Yeah, absolutely. Our next review comes from G is for Gabby, who writes, in lava with this podcast. Ah! Oh, very clever. I love it. We have a volcano emoji, a fire emoji, and a heart emoji. I love it so much. <laughs> Gabby writes Hi, Acorn and Greg. I love your passion for Avatar The Last Airbender. I started listening later, so I got to binge the pod pretty quickly. I'm really excited to see your reactions and thoughts about Korra. So many people hate her, but she is truly amazing. Justice for Korra. Justice for Korra. Sorry. <laughs> I got wrapped up in the moment. Yep. I never read the books, so I'm glad that I'll get to read along with you. This is the perfect pod for both people who are new to the Avatar verse and those of us who are longtime fans. Keep making puns and this amazing podcast. And it's the uh, cry laughing face. It's my favorite one, by the way. I do. (laughs) I use it a lot. That in the sob face. Yeah. P.S. My top favorite characters are Katara, Zuko, 
Iroh, Appa, and Toph. Excellent choices. Excellent. Excellent. The next review comes from The Lost Hero, and they write, my favorite podcast. This is by far my favorite podcast. My husband got me into Avatar about four years ago because I wasn't allowed to watch Nickelodeon as a child, and this was his favorite show. I can relate. Oh, the things that my mom would let me watch, and I wasn't cool because of it, and I'm convinced that's the reason why. Oh, me too. Pokemon? Oh, really? No go. Harry Potter? Hit or miss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the Simpsons <laughs> for me. Censoring. My mom was like, yep. no Simpsons. And I was like, eat my shorts, man. And that's probably why there was no Simpsons <laughs> I for me. not to watch Simpsons either. <laughs> Anyways, uh, The Lost Hero goes on to say, since then, I have been watching the series on repeat. Once I finish the finale, I start right back over. So yeah, yeah you could say I'm pretty obsessed. I was looking for something sparkle emoji more and sparkle emoji <laughs> to satisfy my need or even more Avatar, besides the comics, Kyoshi, novels, Korra, etc., and stumbled across this podcast. Acorn and Greg are phenomenal. I love the depth they go into when summarizing and analyzing the episodes. They clearly put so much effort into creating the show, and it is so, so, so appreciated. I love the format they've established, too. I can't drive anywhere without putting on an episode of this podcast anymore. Aww. Thank you. My favorite characters are hands down Sokka and Suki. They are the OTP, and I will die on this hill. <laughs> My husband and I even write to Sokka from Suki and vice versa when we exchange gifts. I appreciate all the love Greg gives Sokka. Thank you oh, forever, Acorn and Greg. Art emoji. Okay, that is the cutest thing I've ever heard. I absolutely love that. <laughs> to Sokka from Suki. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Greg, I think you found someone to rival your love for Sokka. Oh man. I feel so like uncomfortable right now. I don't think I, I didn't think I would meet someone who had as much love for Sokka as I did. Well, great to meet you. Thank you so much for writing and leaving that five-star review. We super appreciate it. And I'm going to like remember this story, I feel like, forever. I love that. Yes, me too. It's so good. Oh, our next review comes from HKBJHGJ. Or as I like to call them, his... <laughs> Well pronounced. I'm sure that's exactly it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They write, love this show. I'm pretty new to this podcast, but it's really good. I love the host and it's a great avatar podcast. And it has emojis for all the elements yeah. along with a Christmas tree. It looks like at the beginning. Huh. Short and sweet. Thank you so much for that review. Thank you. Uh, the next one comes from, and I'm going to nail this pronunciation on the first try. It is. Let's hear it. The one in the Lee. <laughs> I think you got it. Got it. First try. Never felt so confident in my life. They write, I love this show way too much. Thank you for helping me relive Avatar The Last Airbender again. I've watched this series quite a few times now, and the deep dive really gives me a fresh look at the series. I love your podcast enough that I came over here from Spotify, which is code for Spotify, everyone, just so you know. Don't let the Apple people Don't know you're over here know. from Spotify. They'll change your Apple ID password and then they'll give you dirty <laughs> looks when you don't know it. I came over here from Spotify just to give you two some support, smiley face. I'm sad that I'm almost caught up, but you two have motivated me to go get more of the books. I already have the search and I swear I only cried twice. Oh. Uh, silly face. I don't know what to call that one with the P. It's a tongue face. A tongue yep. face. Small P tongue face. Small P tongue face. I'm really looking forward to reading Suki alone. Thanks for everything that you two do. Much love. And then they, they signed it. We believe P.S. 
I think Azula is a great villain and her story is truly heartbreaking for me without going into spoiler country. Yes. Fair. Yep. Fair. At this point in the podcast, we have seen the uh, animated version yes. of her end. Yeah. We might see her again in the comics, but we appreciate you not going into spoiler country. And I think that is Wild Willy with a bunch of ones and ones. Oh, and a, it yep. is. <laughs> See the official name. It's two V's, which is supposed to be a W. I see what you did there. Yeah, I did not. I went right over my head. Thank you, Willie. And our last review comes from JRJT2003, who writes, Amazing. I love this. Every time I see that. (laughs) Every time. That's what my brain does, by the way. That sound you you all heard me make. That's what my brain does. They write, Hello to my two fave pod hosts. I wrote you an email back in January and gave Greg a horrible time for not liking Azula. I just finished Sozin's Comet parts three and four, and you guys wrapped it up in a satisfying way. I'm very much looking forward to what Greg has to say about Azula after a rewatch, because Acorn is right about your perspective being different the second time around, or third time around, or fourth time, because Azula was not always my favorite. She became that throughout many rewatches. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you for an amazing podcast. I was driving home from school with tears in my eyes as Acorn read the final scenes. Oh, thank you guys. I'm looking forward to what comes next. I have a question. You said you'd jump into comics and then Korra. When are the Kyoshi novels? I read them this past year and loved them and was looking forward to going through them again with you wonderful people. Just wondering. Thanks again. Love you guys. That's a great question. Also, you'll be more specific about that email because everyone writes in and gives me a hard time for not liking Azula. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a great point you yes, make, yes. JRJT, because I really fell in love with Azula over multiple rewatches because I could see the nuances of her character and like the decline of her mental health and prolonged exposure, I think, is what gives you the most appreciation for her character. Yeah, I'll say this now because I don't know when we'll say it during this episode, but I do after the rewatch, I do like her more. She's not one of my favorite characters yet. Spoilers for what's coming up in the episode. But I do like her more than like when I was immediately off put by her when she first kind of showed up. Mm-hmm. So maybe after a couple other times, uh, she'll hit maybe top five, top 10. But mm-hmm. I think they're on to something there. Yeah. As for the Kyoshi novels, we are also so excited to get to them. We did talk about our lineup and we realized the comics are going to be taking up so much time because of how many there are, how many parts there are for each. And We didn't want to spend so much time on the written material before getting back to the animated series. So we decided the Kyoshi novels are going to come later, potentially in the middle of Korra, potentially after Korra. But that is the current plan, just so we can kind of balance the different types of media in the podcast. Yeah. And it's also because Kyoshi is so far removed from the rest of the content right now that just kind of felt like Mm -hmm. while we don't want to wait to read these, we don't want to wait to read anything or go through anything. Let's just throw that out there. But Kiyoshi (laughs) felt like a very natural thing to just say like, okay, well, like maybe during or after Korra, because, you know, Mm -hmm. it won't bleed over as much and we'll maybe be able to connect some dots from Aang and Korra in the comics maybe after we do that. So it was a lot of thought and it was a very difficult decision to make. So we apologize if anyone was really looking forward to Kiyoshi earlier than that, but Look how fast we went through Avatar The Last Airbender. Just gonna a year and change. There. Yeah, a year and some change. You know, not that terrible. Not that bad. Not too shabby. So uh, yeah, it'll be that. All right. Well, that wraps up our reviews. And thank you again, everyone who has written a review. I feel very accomplished that we got through all the reviews yeah. with this recording. 
As more come in, we're going to be continuing to read them. So if you'd like to leave us a five-star written review, you can do so over on Apple Podcasts and we will read it here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you ready to dive into our series recap, Greg? No, I'm not. <laughs> truth will answer no. No, truth. You gotta be honest for a minute. <laughs> no, because when we start this episode, that means that we've actually finished all of the coverage for Aang's animated saga. And <sighs> emotionally, I'm like, I am so just, I'm doing me is what's going on. I'm just like, no, I don't want, I'm kicking and screaming. Acorn yeah. is dragging me through this. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> but it's fine. Emotionally and mentally, you're still back in the Jasmine Dragon with the fam oh, yeah. after defeating yeah. Ozai. Yeah. I'm still part yeah. of the crowd watching as Jet gets hauled away by the, by the <laughs> Dai Li. Still yeah. there, still hanging out with Chong and the Nomads, just singing songs. Well, let's start the kicking and screaming now with our top five favorite episodes of the series. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, do you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? Yeah, why don't you go first? I went first last time. Okay, so yes, the top five or Greg's top five favorite episodes of the entire series. This was probably the most difficult decision to make. Yeah. I boiled it down to five, but please know that there are many, many, many more that I am absolutely in love with. And I'm only going to cheat on one of them and do Mm -hmm. like a tied for because I can't not do that. So coming in at number five is going to be the tie for me. And that's going to be book one, The Blue Spirit. I love The Blue Spirit episode. Yeah. It is so cool. It's the first time we really see Zuko kind of lashing out and doing his own thing. So we get like the beginning of that kind of saga. We see just how skilled he is without firebending. And we see a friendship start to blossom a little bit, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Between him and Aang. Between him, him and Aang. Yes, absolutely. And one of my favorite parts, we get to see Zhao monologuing to all of his people. <laughs> <laughs> good old Zhao. Love him. He's so good. <laughs> Miss that guy. I miss him so much. The tie is going to be book three, Sokka's Master. Everyone knows Uh, that I love that episode. And I can't not have it in the top five, personally. I thought it would be higher up in this list, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. But as we went through, I was like, oh, no, there's this, 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 this. And then I just had a list of like 45% of all the episodes, which wasn't what the assignment was. Coming in at number four... (laughs) was the Avatar and the Fire Lord. I really like this episode because of the world building, because we get to see what times were like before Aang became, was even really born when you think about it. And I didn't like Roku at first. Like, I did not like him, but like, he's just just blah to me, right? It's just kind of like vanilla ice cream. It's like, it's fine, but it's not, I'm not going to go and like (laughs) ask for vanilla ice cream and I can get all these different flavors. But what it did was it kind of like, this episode showed the nuances of the ice cream. It showed how Roku got this way, mm-hmm. who his team avatar was. And it was essentially just Sozin. Yeah. And Fang. And Fang. Yeah. But like, that was it. Like you think yep. about Aang and his team avatar and it's like all of his masters and they became friends, but Roku didn't go like, sure. He made friends with his masters, but they didn't join him on any adventures. It looked like he just kind of went mm-hmm. from one place to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And that was it. So it was kind of heartbreaking when I realized that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just That's me. a good point. <laughs> Coming in at number three was the blind bandit because tough. Yeah. Essentially because <laughs> tough. And I love macho wrestling impressions and voices and all that. It's just very funny. Mm-hmm. 
coming in at number two might surprise some people because they thought this might be higher on the list. It's The Cave of Two Lovers. <gasps> I knew it. I, I knew love it. love <laughs> this episode. And this is not like my five, what I think are the best episodes. I think this is like my five favorite. Your personally. favorite. My favorite. Yeah. So some people might be like, well, that's not like one of the best episodes. You are right. But it's still one of my favorites. And it's mm -hmm. mainly because of Chong and the music and all. It was just great. It has such a, like, again, it adds to world building. Uh, it has a great moral to it. We never see Chong again in animated form, which is really heartbreaking, but we know he's out there. It was just so good. And like I sing Secret Tunnel to this day. And I think if I remember correctly, you watched that particular episode that week, what, five times? So many times. It was too many times. <laughs> More than that? I love that lot. episode. It's so, I got to the point where I would start fast forwarding to the music bits is what I got uh -huh. to the point. And that was after the fourth or fifth time because I just like, oh my God. I just knew where they More. were. And I, was, I, just, More. I just wanted to watch the music, let's be honest. Okay, number one is <laughs> The Tales of Ba Sing Se. Oh, but wow. I'm, I'm going to like give myself some leeway and say minus the Sokka story because like the Sokka tale is not great. But every yeah, other you tale... you did not like that one. It, it was like, just not good. It was just, I don't know. I just didn't like it. If you liked it, that's fine. There's nothing against you. But for me personally, I didn't do anything for me, except they did have Melinda Clark as the voice of the teacher. And yep. any OC fan knows that's Julie Cooper. So I love me some Julie Cooper sometimes. And I think that's number one because primarily of the tale of Iroh. Mm -hmm. Like that story was just so masterfully Perfection. told. Yeah. Like you can't get better than that, in my opinion, or getting into the psyche of a character, showing their grief showing their personality and just like living their lives all within a day. Mm -hmm. It was just very masterfully done. And I really appreciated it. So those are my top five slash What a good six. list. Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you pick. We're going to have um, a little bit of crossover, which okay. I think is interesting. Mm -hmm. My number five is The Water Bedding Master. Mm. And I actually found it both difficult and easy to come up with this list because after looking at all three seasons and remembering the other episodes I've picked for our book recap top five lists, I felt a little bit more leeway to choose the episodes that just stood out to me overall versus in the book they come from. And The Water Bending Master was one of those. It mm. was one of the episodes that has always made such a big impact on me. And in going back, it also was just a really robust way of storytelling that part of the journey. Yeah. Not only do we see the Northern Water Tribe, but we see the way the city works, the way that their culture works. We meet the leader. We meet a waterbending master. We have multiple conflicts, even if one of them I felt was kind of weak, which is the Sakayue relationship. But there was just so much going on. And it's a very Katara-centric episode where there's a lot of up and down with what she's able to achieve. And in the end, she was able to not only learn waterbending, but also nudge the culture of the Northern Water Tribe in a new modern direction. So all around, just really good stuff. My number four, I shared with you. <gasps> number four for me is the Avatar and the Fire Lord Whoa. also. Yeah, and for similar reasons, actually. I'm noticing for my top five list, there's a lot of focus on world building and characterization. And the Avatar and the Fire Lord really stood out to me for that reason. We got to see the world at the start of this war and what led to its inception. And it gave us some more understanding of where Sozin was coming from and the role Roku had in it. And actually your point about his team Avatar, 
Makes a lot of sense because I think Roku has a lot of guilt around the fact that he was not able to stop Sozin, but he was also just one guy, one avatar. He didn't really have a group of friends to help him rise above and, you know, defeat the evil. And so it's a good comparison all around between the two time periods, the two teams, the two avatars, and it just feels really balanced. Not to mention the fact that they were able to make a 20 minute episode around all of that. So it impressive. Was so clean. Amazing. Yep. I just I just thought of this. Ready? Ready? Roku mm-hmm. didn't have friends. He had colleagues is what he had. That's a great way of putting it. It does <laughs> feel like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, my number three is could be considered cheating, but I'm going to say that Netflix allows this. Yeah. Because my number three is two episodes that they combined on their streaming service. And that is The Guru slash The Crossroads of Destiny. No, we're not going to allow that. You can only pick one. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Only Greg's allowed to cheat. (laughs) No combining. Again, similar reasons. The Guru and The Crossroads of Destiny just has so much world building, world concepts, and characterization. It's so exciting. It's a pivotal moment for Zuko. It's a pivotal moment for even Team Avatar because that's where Aang gets hurt. But no matter how many times I watch those two episodes, they always hit me emotionally more than many other episodes of Avatar. So they had to make the list. My number two is also shared, Mm. not in the position, but in the episode because it's the blind bandit. Oh, I had a feeling that was going to be one we both picked. It has to. You know, we basically spent a full season's worth the buildup yep. talking about the blind bandit. Yeah. We started at the end of book one and then we're heavy into book two talking about we can't wait till Toph. We can't wait till Toph. Toph, 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 Yep. And that's another episode that I can watch literally countless times and love it every single time. Yeah. And just to remind everyone, that is one of the episodes, one of many, where Mike and Brian had a large hand in how the story was told. They were part of the storyboarding for that introduction where Aang sees the boulder get bested by Toph. And so much of it is just, again, very well paced out, well told. And we get to see a side of the characters that we don't normally see. And I'm thinking about Sokka in this moment where he's just like, yeah. <laughs> take him down. So good. Yeah, the boulder. <laughs> yeah, so good. And finally, my number one, is Sozin's Comet Part 4, Avatar Aang. That surprises me. I don't know why. I think it's for the same reason that it made my top five list for book three. There's just something very satisfying Mm -hmm. about that episode. Everything comes full circle. We get to see the end of our characters' journeys, the fruits of their labor, the clashing of strong powers, and then the resolution. It's just like, emotionally, it has everything. Yeah. It's very encapsulated for that reason. And I think it's also because it's another one of those episodes where I can watch it countless times, not get tired of it, cry every single time, <laughs> especially at the Agni Kai and the music yeah. and the fight between Aang and Ozai. It's just, it's so good. But like you were saying, there's also a lot of episodes that got honorable mentions in my mind. Mm. I had to pass over them just because these episodes burned brighter for me. Yeah, a lot of it too. A lot of the selection process was also kind of determined by what I remembered mm-hmm. from my first watch through, which was like over 10 years ago at this point. So like I remembered Iroh's story that like really sunk in there. The Blue Spirit, I remembered fairly vividly, at least the Blue Spirit parts. So for me, that's just like a test of time. And, yeah. and that just showed how much like that meant to me. 
Appa's Lost Days was like so tough to not include in this list. Yep. It was like, it was number six for sure. I paused there too. Yeah. And the library. Oh yeah. The library. Yeah. 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 Well, those two, like we could easily have just you to be like top six and then just library and <laughs> yeah, here we go. Uh-huh. But that was one that I remembered vividly. And I remember crying the first time I watched that episode and, and mm-hmm. holding my dog at that point, just being like, I love you so much. <laughs> Never leave Never me. Never leave me. But yeah, so that was definitely in there. And it was just like, I'm stalling at this point because I don't want to go into the next category because if we go to the next category, that's one category closer to <laughs> leaving the animated series behind. So I'll stop <laughs> rambling. So our next section is favorite <laughs> character <laughs> of the series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, here's a question. Mm-hmm. Are we really now our other favorite characters of the books in choosing someone new? Or is this a carte blanche? We can choose anyone we want. We're ending out the series with a bang. I would say carte blanche. I, I would say we just choose whoever because this feels like even though it's a recap episode, it feels like it's its own category. It feels like it's yeah. its own thing. So I'm going to say... I feel the same way. Okay. So, Okay. Well, let's do an official after the podcast vote right now, as everyone's listening, all in favor of letting us choose past selections <laughs> for characters, for favorite character, the series recap, say I. Okay. Yep. Just gotta say I, Acorn. Say I. Wait, which one did you just say out? I was imagining everyone listening saying I wasn't paying oh. attention to your question. No, it's, it's you and me. We're the only ones who have votes that matter on this. Oh, I thought you were talking to our listeners. No, no, no. I'm talking to you. Talking to you. All right. So, okay. Say it again. All in favor of revoking the rule where we cannot pick past favorite characters for the series recap, say aye. 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 There, the eyes have it. There we go. We're agreed 100%. <laughs> unanimous vote. We can choose past characters that were voted as favorite. Okay. Okay. Great. So, who is your favorite character of the series, Greg? It's going to surprise literally no one. It's still Sokka. <laughs> okay. Great. Mine's still Katara. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next. Wonderful. It was close with Iroh too, but it's still Sokka. Yeah. There was very few things about him that I disliked, in, mm-hmm. including like being like, he's a little rough in the beginning. Like, let's, let's all be honest, but he learned and he grew and I really like that aspect of him. I really like the, the man that he turned into towards the end. Let's just yes. say the warrior that he evolved into. It was very cool to see. And I was still able to relate to him on so many different levels which I was not anticipating still being able to do. So for all that and more, Sokka is my favorite character. Yep. And for the same reason, you know, Katara was very headstrong and very, very opinionated Mm -hmm. in the beginning, very driven, which are good qualities. But at the same time, it was like her entire character. Mm -hmm. But then as the series goes on, we see more aspects of her character, how she's kind and warm and has a sense of justice and doesn't let obstacles like tradition get in her way of her goals. And just watching her become the waterbender, the master waterbender that she eventually turns out to be is again, so satisfying. She didn't know how to bend and accidentally found Aang in an iceberg through her bending to the end where she's a master waterbender in her own right and is freaking powerful. Yeah. So I love her not only for her personality and her character, but also for her journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Watching her not be able to control her bending, which resulted in Sokka getting wet every time to (laughs) being able to not only freeze her opponent, but control the water that's already frozen to have her maneuver out 
And like, it was just yeah. so cool. So masterfully done. Like amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yep. And I would say, I think the moment that she became a master waterbender was the moment that she stopped getting Sokka wet with her bending. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know when that was. I'm just, I'm hazarding a guess. That would have been, I'm next watch through. I'm going to pay attention uh-huh. to that and see where that episode is. That's like such a cool little detail. I'd never even considered. Yeah. Oh, and, and something I just kind of thought of as you were talking as well with, or in regards to Sokka, the fact that a lot of us were so heartbroken when he lost Boomerang goes yes. to show you like how attached Sokka was to his equipment and his tools and his weapons and everything that like, he just, you just felt that connection. So I, it's just yeah. another sign of a great character. I don't know. I just wanted to put that in there before I forgot. <laughs> I'm going to add to that yeah. and say, you know, I think Sokka secretly was a bender. I think he was a sarcasm bender. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was an emotion bender. <laughs> I mean that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> our next section is our favorite side character of the series. I am 110% cheating on this one. Okay. I cannot pick one. There's oh, no okay. way you can expect me to pick one favorite character out of all. Are you kidding me? Out of all these amazing sections. That's to say, if you pick one, that's fine. But for me personally, <laughs> I was gonna say it was easy for me just because easy. it was like my number one was so far above all the others. Oh, okay. Well, I have a top four and I stopped myself there. Wow. Okay. Let's hear it. Chong. This is in no particular order, by the way, but Chong, obviously. Boomy, who is just the kookiest old man in the whole of Avatar. Actually, no, I can make it a top mm-hmm. five. Here we go. I can't make this top five. It just popped into my head. <laughs> Suki, because Suki's amazing. Like yep. She's powerful and not like in a bender way, obviously, but in her own right. She is kind and she just teaches Sokka this lesson without being mean about it, mm-hmm. which is really something to say. And then, of course, there's Zhao. Of course. Because Zhao's yeah. like the best villain, in my opinion, <laughs> in all of Avatar, because he's just so like one to two dimensional villain. And sometimes you just need that. You just need mm-hmm. that. And then, of course, one, I say, of course, but I just thought of her is going to be Hama because she was so deep as a character and like her trauma and her evolution and her descent into this like not madness because she was perfectly aware of what she was doing. But this descent into dropping her morals and painting the world in a different light based on her traumatic past. It was just very well done. And it's like this darkest episode through the whole series. And yet it just shines so bright. So there you go. There's my five. (laughs) A great list. Yeah, thanks. And I, I agree. I agree with all of those. I had an overlap for my favorite side character for the series mm-hmm. with our book three recap because it was Suki for me, oh. number one. But in thinking about it, Guru Patik came to mind, oh, Zhao yeah. came to mind, even like the Swamp Benders came to mind. Oh, so them. there's there's a bunch of honorable mentions. And I'm just going to say here that the role of Avatar is so well made and so well told that all of the side characters are memorable in their own way. Yeah, absolutely. 110%. Like, if you disagree with our lists, that's awesome. Because, like, everyone has different likes and different side characters are meant to ring true to different people as well. So, exactly. I'm very curious to see what other people like as top five favorite side characters. We've often asked for top five of the main cast, but not the side characters. So, if you have any side characters that you really enjoy... Let us know. I would love to see that. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna stop using the old. If you have a top five of the main characters, that's it. It's done. 
New chapter. <laughs> Side characters. Side characters only. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Our next section is going into more empirical data as we explore our series MVP that is calculated. Mm-hmm. These numbers and this ranking is going to be an accumulation of all of our MVPs per episode from across the past three books. This also came out to be a top five list. So with our number five spot, we have Toph and Katara, who came in with a total of three MVP votes across the whole podcast. That's surprising. I know, right? Only three? Wow. I trust you. I'm going to say this. Uh And say, I don't believe that. Not because... I triple checked because I was so shocked. Oh, no, I know you did. And I know you're right. But my brain is just like, that can't be correct. That can't possibly be. But it is. I know it is. I know 100% it is correct. But like, wow, I'm in shock is what that is. Yeah. And I think it's because, at least for Toph and Katara, they have very iconic episodes for them. Blind Bandit, of course, Toph got the MVP for that episode. With the other characters, I think they had a strong presence more consistently across the series versus those really standout episodes where it's like, yes, it's Toph or yes, it's Katara. Yeah, that's actually very fair. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times, too, we give MVPs for not just having an episode based on you or having that be your main Mm -hmm. adventure, right? But also because the character did something that really helped further the plot along or did something that we exactly. really wanted to exemplify. And I feel like whenever Toph or Katara had one of those moments, another character had a moment like that. And it maybe just narrowly just like tipped the scales into the favor of the other character. I feel yep. like. I agree with you because I think even for a very iconic Katara episode, the Southern Raiders, we gave Zuko the MVP. Yeah. Because he was the one who pushed her into this journey and helped lead her to the truth of the end of the episode, which is, you know, killing is not the answer. And forgiveness is something important to keep in mind when you're going up against something as traumatic as losing your mother at the hands of this man. Absolutely. Yeah. The number four is Aang, who got seven MVP votes Mm. across the whole podcast. Also not surprising because we have spent so many moments in our episodes talking about how poor Aang, he just never gets MVP. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, in book three, he started getting a lot more because that is more his season where he was doing a lot of character development and growth and playing a bigger role in the plot versus just, you know, our favorite jovial kid airbender. Yeah, for sure. He really started kind of seeing the world in a different way. And he was really kind of fighting it too, it seemed like at times in book three. Yep. Yeah, very cool. The number three spot for the series MVP calculation is Iroh, who came in with 13.5 total MVP nominations. Not surprising. Nope, not at all. (laughs) We went into this very publicly acknowledging that I feel like we're both Iroh fans. Yes. Yeah. That seems right. And based on what you were just talking about, Iroh has most consistently played an MVP role in the episodes because he has been the one who has imparted wisdom or been there to support or been there in some other way to help develop the other characters. Yeah, he's a great supporting character. You really can't Mm -hmm. make a better one, in my opinion. Yeah, so he definitely earns that spot at number three. Yeah. Number two was Zuko. That's surprising. Yeah, with 14 total MVP nominations. That, again, my brain can't wrap my head around. Like, I feel like it was less, but I know it wasn't. But it's just... Well, if you think about it too, actually, I'm getting less surprised the more I'm wrapping my mind around this. Mm -hmm. Because whenever anyone 
recommends Avatar The Last Airbender, at least in in my inner circles, it's always you have to check out Zuko. And we talked about it like before we started yeah. like being a little more strict about spoilers about future episodes in the early days before our editor Rob was just like, I haven't seen it yet and I'm editing this and I'm watching alongside. Stop spoiling things. <laughs> We're like, okay, yeah. fine. But yeah, we were even like Zuko's story, his arc is probably one of the best in fiction for me personally. Yep. Hands down. It's just amazing. It makes the series what it is. It would not be the same if they did not incorporate Zuko into this and they went with their original idea, which was just having Ozai be the big bad all the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just did a full yep. rotation on that one, full turnaround. Like, <laughs> yep. Because with the redemption arc as large as Zuko's, that means there are so many opportunities for him across the series to have MVP moments where he moves the plot forward. He has plays a major role in current events in the story, has some major impact on the world. So I think for that reason, he definitely deserves the number two spot. Yeah. Now, the number one spot also might be surprising, but I think Greg's going to love this because our number one series MVP is Sokka, who came in with 15 votes. I see nothing surprising about this. (laughs) Clearly the best character in the whole series. Clearly. I'm joking. I'm joking. Well, not for me. I love him. He's the best character for me. Mm-hmm. Again, it kind of makes sense. He's the supporting role in a lot of episodes. Yep. Same thing as Iroh, just like less wise, considerably less wise. But he has his place in the team and his place is a support role. Mm-hmm. The tactician, he's the mastermind. He ends up being the swords master, just so I feel like so he could fight in the final battle. I feel like is why yeah. that decision was made. Maybe toys as well. But um, yeah, he's the heart and soul, really, of Avatar The Last Airbender, in my opinion. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of that goes to Jack and his portrayal of the character. And you, oh, yes. you see Sokka evolve as Jack gets more and more comfortable in the role, which allows him to mm-hmm. be wackier and goofier. And you really start to like, at least me, because I love those kind of characters. Like Boy Meets World, Eric Matthews is my man. Yep. straight through which will surprise absolutely no one if anyone's watched Boy Meets World but it's very very much that same regard like he's very silly he's very over the top but that just means when he feels you feel that much more for him Mm -hmm. and end with him so yeah yeah again I see nothing wrong with that my brain can easily wrap (laughs) around I accept it too, though I will say for the record, maybe two thirds of those votes came from Greg. So I think Greg played a major role in making Sokka our series MVP by the calculated votes. I'm going to spoil one thing in Korra right now, and it's a casting spoiler. We are not going to hear Jack DeSena voice Sokka in Korra. Oh, tragic. They did recast, which is like, makes me really sad Mm -hmm. because Jack is just like perfect for the role. He made the role. He was Sokka. He was. He absolutely was. And I can kind of see why they did. Because I think in Avatar, when you get older, your voice matures, not like in the real world, where sometimes your voice doesn't get deeper as you get older. Sometimes it kind of stays the same. Or if it does get deeper, it's not like Iroh level deep, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what Avatar likes to do when they age their characters. So, yeah, you know, it's sad. Except Boomy. Boomy's the exception to that. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's just sad. And I'm going to miss Jack's betrayal. For sure. That is actually one of the reasons why I struggled watching the Dragon Prince because he was the voice of one of the characters and every time I heard him talk, it was Sokka. Oh man. Not the character that he was playing. I haven't watched that yet, but I feel like I'm probably going to have the same problem when I do. I am sure you will with how much of a Sokka fan you are. Mm -hmm. All right. Moving on to the next segment. 
it is going to be our MVP of the series by our votes. So this is just Greg's and my MVP of the series nominated by us. We're going to go with the same rule that we went with before, which is we can nominate someone who has been nominated in the past for a book MVP role. So with that being said, Greg, who is your MVP of the series? I don't know if I can pick one. I struggled with one too. <laughs> this is really difficult. I think it's Ang and Zuko for me. Mm-hmm. And like, my, I want to say just Ang because it's his story. And it's how he becomes the avatar and it's how he saves the world and the adventures that he goes on with his friends and all the connections that he makes. But like the same thing can be said for Zuko. Mm -hmm. And both of them were molded by the people and places and events around them. Yeah. And I think the fact that it's difficult to pick one or the other is the point of Avatar The Last Mm -hmm. Airbender. It's about balance. You can't have one without the other. Yeah. You can't have the influence of the Fire Lord or the... I don't even know what they're called. The Royal Fire Family. I don't know what they're really called. But like, (laughs) you know what I mean. It stems all the way back to the time of Sozin and Roku, where Mm. they're two halves of the same coin. And that just mirrors through history, it seems, right now. For that reason right there, I think we should settle on both Aang and Zuko being MVPs of the series. Yeah. Because you're right. It's the Avatar and the Fire Lord. Yin and Yang. Yeah. Push and pull. Yeah. Throughout the whole series, they are pushing and pulling against each other. And along the way, growing as individuals, in large part by the influence of the other. Mm. It's, yeah, well put. You just can't pick one. Although we could do this. You pick one and I'll pick the other. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll, I'll pick Zuko, I All guess. Right, fine. I'll pick Aang, I guess. There we go. <laughs> Settled. There we go. Problem solving. I will say honorable mention to Roku because yeah. he did play a big role as a mentor and a guide. Though I think with him being such a side character and only present for maybe half of the series consistently, I think he deserves an honorable mention, but not the actual MVP spot. My honorable mention goes to Appa. And I feel uh, like I feel like this has been said somewhere else. I'm plagiarizing this. I don't remember who it's from. Probably Dante Bosco. But without Appa, they would not have been able to go anywhere. Yep. They lost him for a couple episodes and they traveled nowhere. They set up shop somewhere. They're like, we can't go anywhere anymore. This is where we live now. <laughs> We're grounded. We're grounded. Yep. So Appa was like the backup, was the honorable mention for me for MVP of the series. Also, he's adorable. He's so cute. So adorable. Big fluffy boy. Yeah. All right. This brings us to our last segment of our series recap before we get into some fun facts, which I have saved for after. And it is our moral of the series. What moral encompasses books one, two, and three? I think it's very similar to what I said for book three, which is just that change happens mm-hmm. and it's just going to keep on happening. I think that kind of encompasses all of the books. Yeah. You're going to live your life. You're going to change. You're going to, some things you'll change your mind about other things you won't. And that, you know, you'll just be steadfast in your ways. I think that's, that's it. Would you say growth through change? Sure. That's a more intelligent way of change? saying that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. The moral I landed on was actually a line pulled from one of the legacy books for Avatar. And it perfectly summed up what I was trying to get to on my own with all the thoughts in my head. And it's through hard work, love, and friendship, you can accomplish anything. Yeah, that's really nice. I really like that. Yeah, it really hits on all of the elements and the themes of Avatar (laughs) across the whole journey. Ah, elements. Elements. (laughs) Well done. Well done. Not intended, but I will take it. 
those are the best ones. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. After that, I feel like we've just finished our own journey across the Avatar world. I know. It feels feels final now. Yeah. I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? We're going to awkwardly wrap the episode after a couple fun facts, and then we're going to go cry. Yes. I'll go under my desk and and cry. (laughs) That sounds like a wonderful plan. I like it. (laughs) First, I want to touch on a couple interesting things that I didn't know that I found in the legacy books. There are two legacy books. One is just called Legacy by Michael Teitelbaum and another called Legacy of the Fire Nation, which is by Joshua Pruitt. They've been uh, largely accepted as canon for the world. And in looking through them, I learned something very interesting about the elements and how they connect to the world of Avatar. Each element apparently has a season that gives the benders of that element increased power. So with there being four seasons of the year and four elements in the world, I thought this was actually a very beautiful, surprising detail Mm. that we somehow have never come across before. So to run through them, autumn is a season of airbenders. Back when there were lots of air nomads, more air nomad children were born during the autumn than any other season. Interesting. Yeah. Winter is the dominant season for waterbenders, and similarly, more waterbenders are born during the winter than any other time of the year. The season of the earthbenders is spring. It's the time when many living things on earth are reborn, growing up from the ground, which is, of course, what the earthbenders control. The power of earthbenders is increased during the spring, and more earthbenders are also born during the spring as well. This has to wreak havoc on their economy. (laughs) That's what I was thinking as I read through this. They must have like cultural ebbs and flows to handle this. Like when you have dozens of parents, maybe even first time parents having children at the same time, like lumped up together in the year. Yeah. It's got to have some sort of impact on the rest of the group. It has to. The rest of the culture. Yeah. Not to mention all the overlapping birthdays. Yeah. Oh, man. I wonder if birthdays are more of a cultural event, like a a township event or... That's terrible. Something. I hate having yeah. to share. I mean, I never really had to share a birthday, but like, I imagine I would dislike that very greatly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are not alone. I'm thinking of the people who have Christmas birthdays. I feel for you. Yeah. Well, my youngest brother is born a day after me. Not like to the year, but like, you know, you know what I mean? I was one day, yeah. he was born so many years later the next day, but we never really shared a birthday, which I've been very grateful for. That's good. Yeah. But still, that'd be hard to do to separate them. Yeah, he did it. But still, I feel like the in a civilization, that's not possible. There's overlapping yeah. birthdays. That's just what's happening. I think mm-hmm. what you said, yeah, just it's a town event. Just done. Yep. Yeah. Like a three month long celebration for birthdays. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, that leaves, of course, one season and one element to go, which means summer is the most dominant season for firebenders. And of course, now that we've learned that firebending comes from the sun, the source of its energy at night, the powers of firebenders do decrease. Mm-hmm. And finally, from the legacy book, I learned that the Southern Water Tribe is made up of many small tribes led by chieftains and elders who sit on a council and govern together. This was surprising to me because we had learned about the leader, the chief of the Northern Water Tribe, but I didn't realize the same was to be said about the Southern Water Tribe. So Hakoda is a leader but he is potentially only the leader of one tribe out of the Southern Water Tribe. That makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense to me too, but it's something that we don't actually see in the show. So it's cool to find out after the fact. Yeah. And it also kind of 
Like if you had that feeling of, wow, the Southern Water Tribe feels very small since Sokka is the oldest male that was left mm-hmm. behind. But no, that's probably just a village yeah. of the whole. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, The settlement that we see yeah. that Zuko attacks, it's probably only one settlement across the South Pole. Much like the island of Kyoshi. Yep, yeah. much like that. Okay, and we have one more thing to share. And Greg, I'm going to need your help with this one. Okay. We've established that we love Iroh so very, very, very much. Yes. Apparently, Legacy of the Fire Nation has his Jasmine Dragon tea menu. Ooh. With the names of teas and their descriptions. So I thought it would be fun if we alternated and read out his tea menu. Okay. I like it. Okay. I want to invite everyone listening to close your eyes. If it's safe, if you're driving, don't do that. <laughs> but to <laughs> close your eyes and imagine us in... Bossing say we're in the Jasmine Dragon, and Iroh, who is now retired, is showing us his tea menu and guiding us through what to order as we sit back and enjoy our afternoon with Team Avatar around us. So, as we read this menu, pick out the tea that you want and imagine that you're going to ask Iroh to brew that for you. The first one is the Metal Brew, which is black in color, withered leaves, but strong in flavor. Like an earthbender, I once knew Toph who could manipulate the metal of the earth. This tea will crank you up and fuel you for your day. But look out, just like Toph herself, this brew really packs a punch. <laughs> I like it. The next tea is Ba Sing Kuan. Named for the patron of this wonderful tea house, this green tea's leaves have a refined shape and a soothing texture. Subtle in its tastes due to a faster brewing time on lower heat, This tea is reserved for refined palates up here on the upper ring. The next one is the White Lotus Tile, named for the pie showpiece of the same name. Pale tea is the most delicate of all teas, yet it can be deceiving. This tea holds secrets. Under its natural layers of sweetness hides a complex undercurrent of intriguing tastes and strength. The next tea is Bender Tea an oolong tea blended for those who cultivate a much more balanced approach to life. Named for two young benders, Aang and Katara, whose strength and flexibility against impossible odds proved that sometimes the right path and the right flavor are found in the paths between. Mm. And then we have the Appa blend, something new and exclusive to the Jasmine Dragon, a concoction of flavors that at first may not sound or smell very good. (laughs) This blend of milk, tea, and tapioca balls, much like its Sky Bison namesake, is full of surprises that favor the brave. And the last tea on the menu is the Red-Blooded Nephew. Amber in color and grassy in taste, this tea is not for everyone. Like my own nephew, Zuko, this tea is strong, but its boldness can leave a bitter taste in the mouth. It also tastes like Zuko made it. It's not a very good tea. I should take it off this menu probably, but I'm too lazy. I was going to pick that one. And then <laughs> you finish the description and maybe not so much. Ira put it on the menu just to honor his nephew. That's fair. Even if no one orders it. Maybe it's fine with a lot of sugar added or something. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. So what tea would you order, Greg? Mm, 
It's kind of a... Actually, you know what? No, Metal Brew. I was yeah. thinking between Metal Brew or a White Lotus tile, but Metal Brew just sounds really good. Sounds very tasty to me. What about you? I think I would ultimately pick the Appa Blend for my first tea. I was leaning On towards future that. future visits? Yeah. Yeah. yeah future yeah. visits, I would order some other things like the White Lotus tile, mm-hmm. but I love mm-hmm. milk tea with tapioca pearls. So... I'd probably go with that one. I was thinking that as well, but then he said it doesn't smell very good. And I was like, mm, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, that was fun. That was really good. Yeah. And with that, that is the end of our series recap episode. But is it? Because I have something that I want to mention that I forgot to mention last week. And it's, <gasps> it's, a, oh, yeah. let's keep going then. What is it? No, I'm not stalling because I don't want this to end. What are you talking about? So all of our patrons know that we have a thing called Secret Podcast. And I think everyone that listens also knows about Secret Podcast if you haven't already heard it. In Secret Podcast, Acorn and I are given characters by the patrons to pick up a name, backstory, etc. I'm not very good at picking names. Anyone will tell you that. Literally any one of my friends will be like, he's the worst at picking names. So often what I do is I go to Google Translate and Mm. I try to find synonyms and stuff like that. One day I was on there trying to pick names. And if you've used Google Translate, you know that they can speak it so you can know what how it's pronounced. And I was mm-hmm. like, let me just type in Team Avatar's name one by one. And the pronunciations, I kid you not, are exactly from the M. Night Shyamalan movie. They would be... <laughs> I remember. That was his defense. It he was, was like, phonetically, this is more accurate to Asian cultures. They yeah. would pronounce it like this. And but, it's like, <laughs> M. Night, you're missing the point, my man. This is just like the most like random fun fact, but I just kept on going <laughs> down that rabbit hole and it was just like, Iro and Soka and Ang. Ang. And I was like, oh, this hurts me so much. But it's also, I'm very amused that all M. Night Shyamalan did, it seems, is just type the names into Google Translate. <laughs> yeah. Or basically talk to anyone from an Asian descent to see how the names would be pronounced mm, in the real world. I think he just went to Google Translate. It's I mean to say, like... but that would kind of fit with the execution of yes, the movie. That's so. the only reason why. If the movie was better, I would 110% agree with you. Yeah. But it was so bad and it missed the point oh, in no. every turn. The last time I'll talk about it. I just thought that was very amusing and I wanted to share it with everyone. Hopefully you got a laugh out of that because I sure (laughs) as hell did. I'll let you know that. (laughs) I'm just going to point out the fact that we just did our series recap episode and M. Night's movie somehow made it in. It's still part of the series. It is. Even though it's bad, there's no redeeming qualities that I can see in that movie. Took me two or three attempts to get Mm -hmm. through it all. It's still part of the fandom. It's still an adaptation of what we love. So I also feel like to not mention it on our series recap episode would be not doing our full journey justice. Ah, that's fair. That very painful yes. period of my life when I had to watch that movie <laughs> a second time. Yes, it felt like fine. it took five years to finish it. It, it did, actually. <laughs> actually did. Okay, no more stalling. We're going to wrap this episode in our series recap. But before we go into shout outs... Hold on. Don't go anywhere. We have an announcement to make. We are going to be taking off the next couple of weeks going into the holiday period. Our episodes featuring the comics will start back up again at the end of December. So you're not going to be hearing from us for the next couple of Fridays. We're going to be preparing for the next chapter of covering comics and also enjoying our time with our families. 
Yeah, and getting some much-needed R&R, also some background work that no one really sees but needs to get done anyways. It's the fun mm-hmm. part of what we do. <laughs> it's the, the summer break for us if we were teachers. Yeah. Okay. Remember, everyone, if you've caught up on all the episodes and you want to hang out for a little bit longer, you can always join me over at twitch.tv slash boostergreg on Monday and Friday evenings. As long as I have power, I will be there <laughs> at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We just finished up some spooky games in October, and we're going to get into some uh, some non-spooky games in the near future. So I'm very much looking forward to that. You can also find me over on YouTube, Twitter, basically any, anywhere on the internet that you can type in. Booster Greg is probably where I am. Even on Instagram, although my Instagram's like super dead and people still follow me on there, I'm assuming from Avatar, but I've not posted in there in a while. So you've been warned. <laughs> you've been forewarned. And you can find me online at Acorn Bandit and also joysons.com, which is J-O-I-S-A-N-S.com or on Etsy if you search for Joysons Studio. That's right. And remember, if you want to write in to us, you can always do so at avatarthepodcast at gmail.com. You can always go to youtube.com slash avatarthepodcast where all of the Angmail and Avatalk episodes are uploaded as well as the past episodes. So if you're in an area that has Wi-Fi, but like everywhere is blocked that you can listen to podcasts, you can still find us on YouTube. So we're, we're there with all the past <laughs> episodes. Uh, you could also go to patreon.com slash avatarthepodcast if you wanted to support the podcast in another way that's not a five-star written review or emailing or you know retweeting out anything that goes through on the Avatar Twitter account or anything like that. We always have the Patreon. You get a lot of bonus content there, doodle pages, AMAs if they arise, secret podcast, and you get to vote for your pick for secret podcast that becomes canon to only us. So only this part of the community. <laughs> canon to know. the podcast. Canon to the podcast. But it's canon somewhere. And that's what matters. So all those places you can support. You can hang out with us. You can interact. All of it. That's right. It's a good time. And I love the secret podcast and what we've come up with so far. Even when I think we're not going to like be able to pull it off, we do. Or at least Acorn and does. it's so good. And then, yeah. then I try. But uh, <laughs> we both do. <laughs> but it's so much fun and it's a great exercise. And something I don't think we say often enough is we always encourage other people to write a backstory with us. You yeah. know, it's, it's a good time. We know NaNoWriMo is like now. So if you're looking to mm-hmm. get like the gears a turn in, go to patreon.com slash after the podcast and um, see who gets picked next and write with us or write about a past one. There are so many background characters. Yeah. We're going to be doing secret podcasts for a while. Yes. Well, if you've gotten this far, thank you so much again for listening with us, not only to this episode, but to the last year and a half's worth of episodes. Yeah, I'm sad. I don't know what else to say. I know. We're going to be back to do comics. So if you're still on the bus and you're going to be going that direction with us, then we can't wait to start that next chapter with you. But thank you also for being here until now. We'll see you next time on Avatar Avatar, the the Podcast. Podcast. Avatar, the podcast, is a proud part of the Geek Generation Network. Remember to check out all of our other podcasts at thegeekgeneration.com.